Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do a live on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z in a just gorgeous, lightweight hoodie. I love that thing. Thank you. I do. Bamboo, good for as a hot day. It's going to be in the perfect. 90s. You know so how I, I feel about a long, long sleeve bamboo. I Now, it's interesting. It's new era. I never knew that they had that in them. I get multiple. I've gotten a variety of feedback, I should say, varied feedback. I personally yeah. would have preferred this hood to be orange. Of course. But some people are pushing back on me, like, no, it's great that it's too hot. No, I, I would have either. I think the ideal breakdown of that sweater, sweatshirt, that, that hoodie that you're wearing, which again, it's. Well, first, really, I'd love it if it was a white. So the ideal would be white or off white. That's the home run color. If you yeah. go white or off white, that's the home run. Everything pops. There's a reason, like, our uniform, like the all white version of our uniform, the striping is so crisp. Everything's so crisp. It just explodes off the off the uniform so the white would be ideal the second choice would be either all in orange or all in brown and you invert it that's right but the it's still it because of the fabric and the makeup and the way that the logo and everything is it's still great why isn't there why isn't there every year not that hard to do why isn't more stuff in bamboo i think that they're trending towards that um i do see more and more people in it yeah. It's the ultimate fabric for the heat. Yeah. Are you like at the point right now? I mean, clearly you're a, a man of great expertise that you're on site. Like you looked at this and you said bamboo. For sure. I can tell the way that it's draping on you. Well, jeez. <laughs> Ball's not going to strike right. itself, coach. No, 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 no. There we go. There we go. Show a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, what a treat for everybody. No, I can tell the way it's draping. I know exactly. That thing's going to perform. That is the, That is performance fabric. I found it. So interesting up here. My I always my wife is always can't wrap her head around it, and I don't know if it's because I spend a little more time in the South, but I am constantly in a heavy sun, any sort of breeze scenario. I'm a long sleeve guy, long Duh. sleeve breathable fabric. Um, it's the coolest that you can be. Uh, yeah. That's a while that you see. Anytime you see like landscape workers working, working in the heat, long sleeve. You get the sun off, little breeze, air conditioner, hat that covers the back of the neck. That's it. That's it. But around it here, everyone, well, why are you wearing short sleeves? I don't need the sun to have direct contact. With me? Why? There's a buffer. Why do that? And today's the day, right? Isn't it like 90-something today? Today I thought was a good day for it. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be warm today. It's yeah. breezy. Yeah. A lot of that rain we got has been... When it's breezy, swing easy. Swing Remember easy. That. You got to tell that to... Yeah, the boys have a little golf tonight, so we'll see how long... By the way, how did their... Weren't they golfing at some... Great trek. Wasn't that yesterday that we were talking about that? No, that was, was the last match? Friday. Last Friday. Last Friday. Oh, you uh, sent that for yeah, of yeah, when you were going to Olympia. Um, he was at Sharon. Sure, yeah. sure. Just enjoying a little Friday. Yeah. Jeez. What a life. Before he left, I just said, just soak up where you are, brother. What did he just think soak, of it? He was floored. I mean, even he could tell like the difference between that and normal. So, yeah. And they only have one nine open there. They're doing right work. Right now because they're, they're doing the other nine. So it's sensational. What I want to run by you. Oh, let's do this out of the gates because there was a lot of talk yesterday about a couple of the reports from Florio. Okay. So Florio had two reports yesterday, and then there was a Rappaport report that happened. That's a lot to say. A Rappaport, Rappaport report. report. Yeah. It's a lot going on. 
Um, okay, so there's a Rappaport report as well in regard to Deshaun Watson and where we are with all of this. And I think that we've done a really good and succinct and straightforward job, I'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit with this, of being very straightforward of where this is with all of it. And I understand also that there is a big NFL beast that needs to be fed. And so you have to sometimes have something to feed it because you want to talk about the NFL all the time. So in my opinion, you, I'm curious where you think about this. I think there are two things that have happened in the last three or four weeks in regard to the reporting around Deshaun Watson and the hearing with Sue L. Robinson that I view as important. The Wall Street Journal report going into 4th of July weekend, which was the NFL saying, this is what we would like to do. This is what we want. Was and it Jenny Vrentis? It was in the Wall Street Journal. I don't think it was Vrentis. I think she wrote the follow-up. Times. She was in the Times. Maybe. Yeah. I, okay. think it was, I think it was the Wall Street Journal. It hit on a Saturday. Okay. And it was that the NFL wanted season-long indefinite. Now, gotcha. that was coming, as we know. That was coming after the negotiations had broken Falling down apart. between Watson and in, in the NFLPA and the NFL. So that, to me, was a very clear negotiating point. Let's get it out there publicly what we want in this, okay, yep. leading into the hearing. So I think that was important. I think the other bit of reporting that was important is reporting from Charles Robinson from this week, where he said the NFLPA is ready to sue if it is a full-season suspension. I believe, and I'm curious where you sit on this, and this will, we'll, we'll address the, the Florio stuff in a second, that everything else is speculation i think that everything is speculation i do think that we are getting some insights into the direction of the arguments that were made on both sides and in fact uh, josina anderson reported today that the nfl's post brief was basically trying to say that you know that pesky little line in the cba right. that says owners will be held to a higher standard and disciplined you know more mm -hmm. harshly that's irrelevant which eh, it's in the CBA. It doesn't feel irrelevant. No, no. And I know that that was a big part of the NFL's argument was that he had brought shame to the league. The NFLPA said, well, yeah, so did these owners who are supposed to be punished more harshly and they weren't punished at all. So sorry. So the fact that me, that, that that's what their argument back was after the fact doesn't feel like they've already taken it away from Deshaun almost. And they're trying now to argue Ignore this mm -hmm. thing that's written right here. All of it is speculation. I really do wish, and I think it would be best for everybody, the league included, that whatever it is just happens. Yeah. Because the way that our world and our news cycle works is that that will be a big deal for a brief period of time, and then it will you're on to the next thing. There will be training camps are opening, yeah. and that all the NFL news is going to be able to just kind of drown everything out. So. Uh, I'd like it to happen sooner. I'm with you. I do think that the league saying that you said it's significant. I think it's it's significant in the sense that they were planting their flag. This is what we're going for. Yes. Well, the NFLPA said it'll be it should be zero. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going for, which typically means we're going to try to get something in the middle. Yeah. So I think that it was all posturing. I think what I don't understand is why the the NFL saying or the nflpa saying afterwards if it is in fact a year we will sue like that was known i don't know why that came out i don't know whose side that benefits for that to have come out the way that it did so i'm not i was curious i wondered about if that. it was just like you know because there you know some people wonder if if what everybody what would be best beneficial to everybody is if they got back to an, to negotiate a number so, and that this was the posturing on the other side of that here's what i thought was significant you know, which know. is a, a different a different point but similar is that there was conjecture 
that the reason Sue Robinson is taking so long to make her decision is that what she does in this case will be precedent because mm-hmm. this is the first time that the NFL and the NFLPA under the CBA have had this independent arbitrator. So what if if the league and to me this makes the most sense if it is potentially a good outcome for Watson rather than a bad outcome for Watson and thus a bad outcome for the NFL is that if she rules and says it's a zero or two First of all, if the NFLPA, NFL then challenges that, takes it, and then gives out a harsher punishment than an independent appointed judge, they're going to get sued, and that's going to be... Tear up good. the CBA. It's you not can't do be, that. It's not going to be good it. for anybody. No, can't do it. The If she were to rule, for example, zero, that's a precedent mm-hmm. that players are going to have on their side forever going forward in these situations with the NFL. So the thing that I found to be the most interesting and perhaps the most compelling was look once I rule and maybe this explains the delays once I rule it's done Mm -hmm. and that precedent is established for all further discipline going forward between players and the NFL over the you know the conduct detrimental to league policy or the personal Mm -hmm. conduct policy and thus it would behoove the league and the and Deshaun in this case it sounds like it would behoove the league more to settle something so then it does not necessarily become a precedent that has been put in place by a judge who would then write her brief as to why the decision was made that would be then utilized going forward by everybody. Yeah. So that settlement closes it, and that's what they always say. This closes the matter completely, boom, done. So perhaps that's why it's taking longer than anybody wants. I if if that is true, that would be a positive from the side of if you are wanting it to be a shorter suspension. If that's not true, I don't know why that that's come out from multiple different people. Yeah. Um, now that could be one person talking to multiple different people. If that's not true, I don't know really what is significant. I think people saying here's what I want, here's what I want, so that we can meet in the middle makes sense. Putting the pressure, slight public pressure here, slight public pressure there. Ultimately, it's her decision. If it is true that the decision is being delayed in the hopes that that will foster a settlement because of the word precedent, and the only reason I'm saying that word is because it's been mentioned, and that's a very specific legal term. Now, if you listen to some of these podcasts with the lawyers, Charles Robinson, I think, just went on one with a couple of sports lawyers. They think that is the biggest outcome that will be, regardless of what the suspension is, is that the precedent will now be established under the CBA the way that it was set up to have this independent judge that that will make it tougher for things to fall outside of that in the future. And so if it is something where, hey, you guys blew it, Mm -hmm. you should have gone after Snyder and Jerry Jones and Kraft harder if you wanted to be doing this to the players, too bad. Well, then the NFL is going to feel like we've lost our ability to discipline anybody that is not involved in a criminal proceeding. Yeah. Which, by the way, might ultimately be the best thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it might be, it might be where that where it is up to the criminal Just courts. Leave it right, and and leave it leave it up to that. In terms of uh, the Florio reporting yesterday, good job out of you by the way on that. Um, the the Florio reporting yesterday of all of this talk of reports say between two to eight games on the suspension, um, and then this this idea that the Browns are base, bracing for eight. Just to give you guys an idea on how stuff like this happens, or even, I mean, this was a great one from Rappaport. Like, he was, his, this thing was getting traction last night, and he does a great job, and he's obviously plugged in. But at one point, what's get, what got all the attention was he said, well, it could, they, we could know in a week. Well, you could know in two. 
I mean, that is so arbitrary. It could be a week. Well, could be two weeks. Could be three. I mean, that, you could move you to could. Bighorn next week. You could. could. It's possible. Like right. could. anything. When you say like, could, so it's like it's not saying. Anything. But then somehow it gets it gets kind of aggregated and it gets turned into. Well, we're going to find out in a week. Well, no, that's not what he said. He said it could be a week. And as for the Florio stuff, uh, the Browns bracing for eight. Uh, the word bracing, I think, is interesting there. Um, but the, the the bracing for eight, the way that could happen, he could call somebody who says, hey, what are you guys thinking? Oh, we think maybe – and I, this isn't nothing. This is just yeah, telling you how is, stuff no, works. Nobody here – there, Nobody knows anything. But no. what, I, what I'm saying, though, is is there is this notion of like, hell, you know, we think, on, we think it could be somewhere between – we think it could be as many as eight. Okay, so that could be defined as bracing for eight if you want to frame it that way. The reports say two to eight. Who's the only person who knows is Sue L. Robinson and anyone that she socializes with who she wants to talk about this case with. That's it. That's probably not many people. Probably not many people. This is a federal judge. What I would say is, and by the way, bracing is you are a fool in any situation if you are not prepared for best case scenarios, of course, worst case scenarios. So bracing implies that it's almost like an expectation. Yeah. Which I don't think. can tell you I, I don't think there is any expectation of mm-hmm. anything right now i think there's hope i think that there is you know a desire obviously as we said to get this thing wrapped up sooner rather than later but i don't think anybody has an expectation quite frankly for the browns you are you are seeking the knowledge so that you know what to how to prepare mm-hmm. best and i'd say the browns probably have this is a smart people what are the piece right we're prepared we've got a plan and a process to implement the plan mm-hmm. the preparation and fourth poise the preparation means that they have mapped out what this season looks like if Deshaun Watson suspended for zero games, two, four, six, eight, 12, 17. Yeah. They've got a, a path to navigate on all of those. They're not going to be caught surprised in any scenario. No. Zero chance. I think that it when it gets down into the legalese, which is, I think, the phase that we've entered now, mm-hmm. because it's clear that on one level, in terms of the allegations being made against him, there is a non-criminal threshold that we've reached, right? Two different grand juries have mm-hmm. thrown out the criminal. So you can you can take that out. Nobody is alleging that there was force, violence, any of that. But there are women who clearly felt uncomfortable through their lens and experience, and there are things that, you know, are uncomfortable. The question is, does that mean that he cannot work under the collectively bargained agreement that is there? And, you know, it's interesting because the Browns are a company underneath an umbrella, right? There are 32 of what you would almost call separate companies. The Browns, who are technically the employer of Deshaun Watson, have investigated this thoroughly themselves and are comfortable with him playing for them and working. Mm -hmm. It's their umbrella organization, the NFL, which in the weird way it's set up is that the commissioner actually works for the 32 owners, but yet the power extends over the owner's ability to say, no, for my team, this is fine. Yeah. There's, I think there's a lot in this, and I do think everything's better off when it's, when it's cut and dry, when there yes. are no gray areas. So, for example, you violate the substance abuse policy or you violate the performance enhancement drug policy this is the suspension you have if something was criminal either you would not be prohibited to play but if you are charged with something while that is ongoing perhaps that's something the problem with that is again we're innocent until proven guilty in our criminal system Mm -hmm. so to me it would be more like if you are convicted of something there's that if there is something that in questions the integrity of the game a spy gate a deflate gate those are different things the gambling for calvin ridley Mm -hmm. and that was folks as harsh a punishment 
as there is. The guy gambled 1500 bucks. That was a stunning ruling. But that is something that is 100% expressly forbidden and compromises yes. the integrity of the game. And that is that's laid why they out the clear as did. day. Yeah, that's why they went the, the way that this they did. This is not. This is not. Because some of the language would indicate that Watson's actions had to reach a certain threshold of force, violence, coercion, those things, which are not being alleged. The NFL saying, well, yeah, he brought some disrepute to the league. Okay, understand that's been the spotlight. We haven't. It's been a lot for everybody to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the, the the question ultimately remains, and and they put that line in the CBA about ownership. And you know, right now you have one of the thirty two owners of the league who's subpoenaed to go before Congress. Who's he's on a yacht in the south of he's in France. He's and then his jet went to Israel. I think he's yeah, been. He's not going. I mean, he's not coming back. Right? Like, gonna, is he going to be at game one? Is he going to be at the I home opener? Don't know how he could. You feel like Ray so Gibbons just gonna, would be ready to serve him if he was. So he's just going to live Marshall at the out ready. of the country forever. I have no. I mean, it's but crazy. I'm saying that's so like a Roman Polanski situation. I don't know what. But that that's a going. wild. That's a wild sure. situation that's actually happening, happening right, right now. now. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. No, I don't know. So this is a very. <clears throat> I think it's an it's a it's a very interesting time for the league. The question becomes, you know, how far are, do they want to take it? What are their abilities actually? to levy any kind of a punishment what has been the nflpa's argument and these are things that information about those specific points seem to be trickling out but what does it all mean and the only person who can answer that is sue robinson that's it and that's it and and again what's tough about it is here we are it's 120 already almost and we've been talking about this and in reality we've said a lot of nothing but we've added some context to the things that are coming out and what the issues actually right. are at hand that will ultimately lead to what punishment or lack thereof is handed down. And then what that punishment being handed down ultimately means long-term <laughs> for the NFL, the NFLPA, and this CBA. That's why I wanted to have the discussion. That's why I thought it was important is the context. The context is critical to all of this. And I saw a lot of people running with some of this stuff Floria was reporting, and all of that is just speculation. It's just speculation on people you talk to. That's yep. all that it is. It's nothing more than that. It's not any sort there. And the reason for that is because there are no leaks. This is a vault. Sue Robinson is a vault. No one knows what she's thinking, right? Like we do it tongue in cheek about somebody having coffee with her or whatever. But like my guess is not even that. No one knows it. No. She's, a, she's a federal judge. Like it's she's got it all under wraps. You know how it how you felt it went while you were in the hearing. Eat both sides would be able to do that, and you could articulate that. That has been inter- that articulated. That has been articulated. Both sides has been articulated a lot. Not You've great for lot. the NFL. Correct. Better for that's all been out there. Yes, and so that's where you're extrapolating those feelings, and that and they were just arbitrarily picking numbers that well, we feel it could be this, and then it's being run with, and people are talking about it, and it's because that's what we do. Well, by the way, this is a time of the year when there really isn't much to talk about, so it is something that still is there. You go is something to talk about, and I think. The quicker that it is eliminated, the better. That's yeah. what that's what I think. Couldn't agree with you more, my friend. Um, we will go around the league. Some some stuff out here. I, I do think the NFL is really landing the plane on a lot of these uh, uniform alternates that we're oh seeing. Oh my god, because they're just brain ba- play the well, hits. They're doing, they're doing both though, kind of. We'll get into that. Okay. Uh, Armando Segaro going to join us at two o'clock uh, on the Dolphins as we continue ten most intriguing teams. Uh, we have some more power rankings to go over. Uh, we get into all of that AFC North preview as well, courtesy of Nick Shook. So we have that to look Nick forward Shook. to, which is nice. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on a first Friday Miracle Edition. ESPN, 850 Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's nothing. There's nothing that evokes that more than the the begging than porridge. Ah, for sure. Porridge, sir. Just a ladle of porridge. That's all I need. Um, all right. You saw the. Uh, by the way. Oh, this is what I was going to say on the uh, on the uniforms and the helmets. Um, it feels like you. Everybody's kind of in order on this. Although I have not seen a Broncos one, and I haven't seen a creamsicle. I'd like to see that, and I would like to see that. Yes, and yes. It feels like everybody else is that you want to see. Is there anybody else we haven't seen? I didn't even know I wanted the Black Panther helmet, and now I love it. So that was going to be my point. That's where I was going to go with this. So the Giants dropped their '80s Giants today, um, which this is going to. You're not going to be happy with me, but I actually think that the Manning Giant. I prefer that one where the helmet matches the uniform with the NY. I like that look, and it was a great blue. It was a great yeah. blue. This is again. We're back to two blues that have no business being together that are together for some unknown reason but it's a still navy is, lid and a royal jersey it just seems you know it's still nostalgia but it, but it, it's all it's the most powerful emotion right sure. because it evokes lt i mean that's what we think when we see it we think i see lt right away in that uniform but the way that they dropped it was so cool because they have lt throwing the jersey to saquon so it's a home run yeah it feels like they're they're doing a heck of a job of landing the plane and balancing between the teams that have great nostalgia playing that card and the teams that don't kind of giving their fans what they want. Like we've seen this black helmet in Carolina. Well, didn't care, but aren't the Falcons, they're wearing the red one. They've got a red lid, which is good, but they should only be wearing those and the Jeff Georges. They should wear a Steve Bartkowski's. Yes, of course. And the Jeff Georges, Gerald Riggs and the right. Jeff George Agreed. slash Dion. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I agree. That's all you need. But no, but I mean like they're alternate. They are bringing the red helmet back. So Fine. that's a win. So they, they land the plane on that. The only one that's kind of weird is the Texans, but I would have preferred white. You like red, it's fine. I'm not going to quibble with it. There's not a whole lot they can do other than well, they're getting get their light blue back. Yeah, they're getting. I mean, they got jobbed, jobbed. And, and if not, then the Titans need to wear like a a Nashville <laughs> Oilers uni, like they did with Chris Johnson. They had them for a while. Eddie George wore those. Yeah, yeah, yeah he wore those uniforms in '95, uh, the '96 season. I I don't have. Yeah, that's just absurd that they were able to keep a color. Honestly, if I were Houston, I would just use a different light blue. Right, use Carolina blue. Nobody's yeah. going to notice. No one's going to know this difference. It's a, I mean, you, if, if you're on that colored thing, you're not yeah. going to You go to a Give me the Williams, one next to it, right difference. or left of it. Yeah. Right next Either to way, it. Either way. Either Give way. me that. If Sold. that's number 232, give me 231. Done. Or that's 233. easy. I don't care. Um, who, we haven't, we don't have anything that I know of. No. Not that I know of. No. In terms of a second shell, we don't know anything about that. Do we know if the 75s are coming back? I see we're still selling them. I believe so. Okay, because at one point there was a talk that that was just kind of a one-year deal. I think they're. I think that's our alternate. They're now in it. I think. I they're don't know. gorgeous. We need. To, where's Brad Mellon? Give it. Oh, we saw him yesterday Stevie. sneaking around. Stevie, get Mellon. Oh, yes, we have a Stevie, Stevie now. Stevie, go get Mellon. Stevie, go get Mellon. Figure out if we're wearing the, a white helmet. Yeah. Get it sorted out. That I don't That I don't think we are doing. I do think we should do it. Uh I think we should do it. I would love to see it maybe next year or whatever. Yeah. But I think that should be a part of our look, and it should only be worn with the 75th. Exactly. Only in that look. Only like the look that Otto, Otto wore. Like the 75th can be worn with any lid, but the white lid can only, only be, be with worn. the 75th. Yeah. 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 
Um, have, have you, have, have, I'm trying to think. I still have, again, Bucks and Bucks. Have we seen Seahawks? Are they wearing the silvers? The largents? A little, a little. The original Kurt Warner. A little Dave running Craig. back. A little Dave Craig. Small hands. Kenny fumbled Eason. the ball a lot. Yeah. He, did, he did cough it up a lot. Small hands. Wasn't it Brian Blades, maybe? Was there a Brian, Brian Blades, Blades was in the mix there yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've seen a little of that kicking around. I'd love that coming back for a <clears throat> Oh, I think it would one-off. look gorgeous. Yeah. Their uniforms were so cool, but they are now relics. So they're the same situation that the Broncos are in, that the Patriots are in, where their new uniform has all the success, and the old uniform, which was obviously better, did not, and so you're stuck in the new uniform a little bit. The old one was also a little – it was – if you really get down to it, it was like kind of an odd combination of colors. The Seahawks original? Yeah. Yeah, like Kelly green and royal blue and silver. With silver, right, which – Yeah. you rare. That's not a color scheme you see very often. Red and no. blue usually stand on the loan. Neither one – they're usually the primary color yeah. of a uniform, and then they're almost never the secondary. Yeah. They're not trim But color. then when they came with their – this one, it was awesome. They were the best uniforms in the game for a while. For sure. Yeah. For it, a was while. The, it was the first time that Nike really landed the plane on a brand. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And it also makes sense with like Seattle. I mean, the colors, it fits Seattle. That city kind of all has the same color scheme for their teams. Yeah. So that works too. So for the Niners, from a Niners perspective, like they already are in their classics. You know, the Raiders are already in their classics. Now, could you go with the AFL, like slightly different helmet for the Raiders that has kind of the white yeah, around cool. the Pirates? Yeah. Awesome. That would, be, that would be great. I would like the Niners to wear the helmet that DeBartolo was going to wear. No way. That was awful. How long did it – I didn't even know people are aware that this – didn't even make it to the season. No, no, I knew that. I knew they never wore it. Like a it. week. But it was a big deal. They launched it. It was a big enough deal that I, the, in those days, when I the way that I got my sports information was from Sports Illustrated, and it was a big enough deal that it that it, and it was around long enough that it was in SI. And it was so like, like this 49ers is the, with like right. the, oh, <laughs> terrible, awful. It was like a big a deal. Perfect, you have a perfect helmet, right? You yeah. have a perfect uniform. They had nasty colors for a while, and they brought it back to the yeah. original Joes. Perfect. They're perfect. Yeah. They had the, um, but yeah, it had that, and then they never wore it. So for them, though, if there was one Niners one, and they do bring it back, I think at times, right? The one that's the 1994 season with oh the shadow God, box. That's unbelievable. That's a, that's with a the white pant. Jeez. They were that. See, I would like to see a variation of that with the white pant. Hear me out now. The white jersey, white pant with a white lid yeah. with just the SF in red. You know, I'm going to be for that. I mean, you know, I'm going to be sold on. And that. that would never look like a Niners uniform, but it would be sweet. It'd be sweet. That, that's a strong, strong look. I wonder um, if you'd go with it. Would you go with a red face mask on that white lid? I think because it's a it's a retro. I feel like you go gray or gray, gray, probably gray with because it's because it's a callback to like uniform they wore in the fifties, right? The drop shadow letter. Yeah, yeah. So I, my hunch that is you go gray, beauty. but that's a that's gorgeous. An that was when they Dion wore it. And Dion wore it. Yeah. No one's ever looked cooler in a uniform than him. The one year in '94 with the Niners, he had his like bands around his wrists and on. <laughs> He'd his wear the big baggy and... long sleeve shirts, yeah, tightened up right here. Bandanas. Yeah, just... He had a, bandanas, a bandana. Bandana. Can you even yeah. wear bandanas anymore? I, I never seen anybody have, wear them. I think they now those... they have those like skull caps. Yeah, <laughs> the bandana's cooler. Oh. It's cooler. It was an electric bandana. Yeah, yeah it was. I, we were having the discussion. Uh, I was having the discussion this morning. We were doing uh, like interesting programs in the country, and we were talking about Florida State and landing on the coolest player to ever play there. And of course, it was Dion. And then I said, "Is he also like the coolest football player ever?" Dion. Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. Well, how much do you dock him for? 
Must be the money. That's all that it could be. Must be the money. I mean, that that is... It's awful. Awful. It's dreadful. The song is dreadful. The yeah. video is... It's bad. A debacle. It's bad. So that's a doc. him a little bit, but there's so much oh, in the so wind column. Off the top of my head, when you said that, he would be on there... I mean, for me, Randy Moss immediately comes to mind. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. Coolest? Yeah, coolest. I mean, this. I'm just going off what's like literally floating right into my brain. Yeah, I mean, I, I give you, give you, it's not in the show prep. Chucky Wood. Yeah. Chucky Wood was pretty cool. He was. And he's pretty good. And yep. when he went, to, when he was in the silver and black, he looked great. Yeah, that was- that was crazy looking. He looked great, and then he goes obviously finishes gets Super Bowl with the Packers. Yeah, check you. And he's a, and he's just kind of a cool dude, like in person. Yeah, just a, he's, there's a charisma. If he went to the doctor, they diagnose OCD. One cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can Barry Sanders be? I don't know if there's Detroit, enough personality, or is there just not enough personality to it? I don't know if there's enough personality. Yeah, like like Jerry Rice is one of the great. Like there's just not. Like, he was a nemesis of ours, but I always thought Kevin Green was pretty cool with the blonde hair flowing out. Palomalu like, was – Yeah. Like Palomalu was mouth. cool. Yeah. I don't know if they're – Vic was pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, peak. Previous. Yeah. Sure. Prior to prior The to Nike commercial with Vic and T.O. is one of the greatest football commercials yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin's maybe in the conversation. Michael Irvin was really cool. Yeah, he was. He's a cool customer. They need to bring – I know that – they need to somehow redo the – I mean, look, let's face it. It was a flash in the pan cool, but Brian Bosworth was as cool as anybody. And so was Bo Jackson. And so was Bo at the same time. Then Bo trucked him, and that was Bo it. Bo ended Brian, and that was the end of it. That was it. That was it, yeah. Um, Jim McMahon was pretty cool in a very, very short window. He had, a, he had a little bit of juice to him. He did. Very short window. But I feel like he – I mean – I was gonna say he's kind of like Don Mikowski, the Magic Man, who was he wasn't as good cool, as but Mikowski. He wasn't, he wasn't even as good as no. but he won the Super Bowl. No, so, he just right. was real chesty and really, yeah. you know, kind of carried all that stuff. I mean, honestly, like I always thought, like I would always watch, and I'm not just saying this because because you're here because you're a buddy of mine, but I truly think like Joe, there was a time where it felt like what doesn't like beautiful wife, beautiful family, had great hair. I always feel like what was his nickname? Joe, Joe Cool. Cool. Yeah, he was. He's pretty so, cool. So yeah, of course he was. He was pretty cool. Ronnie Lott. And uh, by the way, a lot of people are right now being like, Yo, Steve Young should be on that list. Says nobody. Says nobody. No. Right. No, you're not getting that. That's yeah. not it. Get right on out of town. All right. right here. Um Oh, I gotta go in for my buddy Eric Kerr. It said Broadway Joe. Well, the ultimate original. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's you go look at the cut resume the timeline on that. right there. Yeah, you cut the timeline. Yeah, that, you you go go do the peak Broadway. Like him and him and like Kenny the Snake Stabler. Like oh. there were some dudes. The Snake was also pretty in cool. the sixties and seventies. I've interviewed both of those guys. Uh, the Snake was everything you'd want him to be. Just everything you wanted him to be. J- the the uh, Kenny Stabler is amazing. Uh, yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good ones out there. So the Giants will wear these uniforms. Um, they'll wear them twice. They'll wear them against the Bears. For the record, the I'm excited to see By the way, you them. can't wear them against the Commanders because they're not the Redskins. They should be wearing like them against stupid. They should the be wearing Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yes, the Duh. Cowboys and the Eagles is what if they should they, wear them, or Bears. I'll whatever. tell you who they should wear them against. They should wear them against <laughs> the Cowboys. Yeah. And then if they play the Niners, that you, no, they should it. wear them against the Niners. Yeah. And they should have Jim Burt or whatever come out and – Fire up the crowd. There if he's two, still with us. If he's still with us. They, they, it was. It was like. When he killed all, Joe, I was devastated. Devastated. Yeah. 
that was the the Niners were kind of the constant, but it was like the Giants would be there for a little bit. I mean, the Bears and then the Giants and then like the Redskins and then the Cowboys. But the 49ers were there that whole whole stretch. They were always in the They were elite. Yeah, they were. Uh, all right, I'm sure we'll get some good people that we're forgetting on this. I just threw that on you without any sort of, uh, of warning, and yet you still crushed it. We. We'll do, we. Um, we. Sorry, we, Goose. Yeah. We will do the uh, training camp preview continuing next. We'll hit the linebacker position. It's pretty loaded up. It is pretty loaded up here in the last couple of years. Uh, we'll, we'll get you some of the big question marks that, that are in that position. They're more just questions in terms of roles more than anything else. I think it's pretty well set in stone. We'll get to that coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. You transform that current bathroom you have into a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert factory trained installers. Call now for 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding in about a day. Superior products with expert installers at the Bath Authority, 216-220-8399 on that. Our training camp preview now centers on the linebacker position. We good here, buddy. I really think we are, and it's funny. I was reading something. Uh, I think it may have even been Nick Shook who will will uh, read what he, he had to say. That was just like the linebacker core is is eh. Look, the fact of the matter is the Browns are going to play with two linebackers on the field more often than they're going to play with three. And so when you have a top four like this, I think it's pretty good. Is it the defense is designed to be elite on the edges and elite in the secondary and have good players at linebacker? And I think they've got that. You got Anthony Walker Jr. back. Last year, led the Browns 113 tackles in 13 games, played more snaps than any other linebacker with 701. Guy who's averaging 109 tackles per year the last four seasons. He had two pass breakups, two tackles for loss, and a sack. Great leader. And here's the thing. He was the number three coverage linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus last year. So big strides for him there. We know Jason Tarver, the linebacker coach, who we love, absolutely loves him. Great leader, incredible work ethic. And now he's going to be a little bit... Not in a battle, but I do think he's competing for playing time with Jacob Phillips, who was our third-round pick out of LSU in 2020. Jacob Phillips is a guy who, every time he, he is available, he plays very well. The big question for Jacob Phillips is his availability, and can he stay healthy to play? Because that is what it is. The fact of the matter is he played last year in only four games, 123 snaps. He starts in week 18, eight tackles, a sack, a pass breakup. You could see him everywhere on the field. Two years ago, week te- week 17 it was to get into the playoffs at home against Steelers. He starts, leads the team with 10 tackles, playing Mike Linebacker as a rookie. So he's got the skills. He's got the long, he's long, he's fast, he's tall. He's a guy who just makes plays whenever he gets an opportunity, and he's been working with the first team quite a bit here in the offseason. Can he stay healthy? So those two are kind of looking at a little competition for the mic. Then you got JOK. JOK is an absolute stud. Browns second-round pick from Notre Dame last year. Third-highest-graded defender at Pro Football Focus on the Browns behind only Miles and Denzel. Fifth-highest-graded rookie defender. Sixth-best-graded linebacker overall in the league last year was JOK. 76 tackles, four passes defensed, one-and-a-half sacks, two forced fumbles, three tackles for loss, and 597 snaps. An absolute star in the making. He's got the speed. 
I think that by the end of this year, would it surprise me at all if he's a pro bowler? Not one little bit. I think Jay OK has just got he's got that kind of talent and that kind of ability. Uh, and and so he's an opportunity. He's going to play each if he's healthy. He's playing every down. He's got a chance to be like a superstar. Yes. I mean, that's the precise. That's what he can be. And, you know, a year or two in this offense, it's it's hard to imagine him not like when you do. We talk a lot about Delpit as a breakout. I don't even know if JOK can be a breakout because it feels like he's already broken out, but even more so. Totally. Like they feel like sky's the limit. Yes, 100%. So that's kind of your two-mike competition, JOK in the will position. And, and when you're in passing situations, my guess is it'll be Phillips and, and JOK. Now, Anthony Walker Jr., again, he played very well in those situations. So he's going to be hard. to You can't just write him off, and I'm not. No. I think he's a leader on this team, and I think he's a great player. So those when we get into our base defense, which would be the traditional base, because our base defense now is really our nickel or even our dime at times, Sione Takitaki comes in. Big friend of the program. Physical run-stopping linebacker last year in 285 snaps, 44 tackles, career-high five tackles for loss, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Also a core special teams player, former third-round pick of this team uh, who just loves contact. So that's kind of your big four, as I see it at the linebacker position. Beyond those guys, who's in the mix to try to make this football team? There are four names probably for one or two spots. Tony Fields, who was our fifth-round pick out of West Virginia a year ago, uh, appeared in 10 games on special teams, didn't take a defensive snap, a smaller linebacker, sideline to sideline, a guy who can play the pass, play the run, good tackling machine, uh, and he's somebody who's been in the program for two years. The Browns also brought in this offseason Dakota Allen, who's a three-year veteran who spent time with both the Jags and the Raiders in his career uh, the last two years with the Jags. 32 career games, three starts, 28 tackles, one forced fumble, three tackles for loss. Last year was a special team standout for the Jags. Played basically the whole year on special teams. That's probably his path to making this roster. Willie Harvey, uh, who was a former undrafted free agent, who was with the Browns back in 2019, active for a, ga a few games that year, had one tackle, appeared in two games with the Browns in 2021 on special teams. Again, been around the building. They obviously like him. Keeps getting opportunities, so we'll see if Willie Harvey can turn this into a more permanent gig. And then there's Silas Kelly, who was our undrafted free agent rookie this year from Coastal Carolina. First team all Sunbelt Conference in 2021, 340 career tackles in college and, and tremendous hair. But we've got four guys who I think are definitely on this team. The spot opens up the trade of, you know, Mac Wilson for Chase Winovich uh, this offseason. And so Tony Fields, this is your opportunity. Dakota Allen, a veteran who's been a good special teams guy, could be yeah. like the Elijah Lee of a year ago. And, and I would imagine that if things aren't going the way that the Browns want with some of these young guys, you know, Malcolm Smith is still on standby, who played very well and has played very well for the Browns each of the last two seasons. How many of these guys all said and done make the final? Five or six. Five or six. You might have five and one on the practice and you squad have four or locks. six. You have four locks. Four locks. So you're one or two for the – and then that's, that's kind that's of the it. way that it sorts But out. I think it's a solid position group. I think it, that – Let me ask you this yeah. too. Because the way that we're going to play with the – in the, we've talked a lot about this in the last couple of years, and we saw it last year as the season went along. From an interchangeable parts standpoint, the league is almost becoming – you think about JOK, body type-wise, he's not – in fact, he's shorter than Delpit. But, I mean, he's – from a body type-wise, it's pretty similar. Like, you're basically just looking for a bunch of those type of guys in the middle, and we have those type of guys in spades. Sione's the only one from a body type standpoint that, that would have, like, that big size to him. Jacob does, too. But I guess my point is, is, like, when you have Delpit, if you go with Delpit, Harrison, and, and Johnson sometimes on the field at the same time with JOK and the dime, that's four guys who can kind of all do a lot of the same stuff. Absolutely. They can run with anybody. They can cover right. tight ends. They can cover out of the slot if they need to. They can all blitz. They're all effective blitzers. They can play the run. It, it Right. It gives you a great amount of footage, of 
a great amount of, I would say, versatility and an ability to disguise, as we've talked about, in terms of who's going to be doing what on any given snap. And so that obviously, that's, that's a good thing. I was just thinking, like, at some point, you know, you wonder how many, what teams in the league could still battering ram you? Because we did D tackles and now we're doing linebackers. And it's really just the Colts and the Titans, right? Are kind of the only just two. line up and AFC. smash you. Colts, Titans. The Niners can, but that's an NFC. But, and we, the thing about it is, and we play well against the zone teams, but that's a zone team. So we have yeah. the speed to run with those guys. The way that the Ravens attack you is different, although they do have Patrick Ricard, and he kind of is a battering ram. But we can, we've done a good job we against can run those with teams. Them, yeah. right. and, and by the way, in the NFL, it does make sense to – you're fine with teams running. As if, if you limit chunk plays, you're fine with it because eventually you're going to get one where somebody misses a block or your player makes a play, and then all of a sudden then they're in third and long, and then now that's our, what our defense is supposed to be. So I don't think teams are as worried about that as well as much as, you know, if you said, okay, man, we can't cover, then I think you're in big trouble. If you can't cover, you can't play defense in the league. Yeah, there just aren't that – yeah, it, it's there's no question. It's just it's where the league has gone, and, and I, I actually feel I feel really good about this group, and I, I think as good as JLK was last year, it's just buckle in, kids. There's going to be even more of it. I also like that, like that he's stuck with 28. Yep. I like that. I think that's a cool number uh, on him. Hey, did you see – apparently there's a new trailer for the Game of Thrones thing coming. Let's go. I'm into it. I'm into it. We Keep were talking earlier uh, – Mr. Axelrod was saying that he had a little fear, and I said, fear not, baby. You're safe, baby doll. We're going right in there. George R.R., he's already written everything out for us. You know the story's going to be tight. You know it's going to be good. That's what happened. Game of Thrones got past the written word. George R.R., I really point the finger at you, sir. Write yeah, it. Finish, finish it, out. it out. You you knew where you were going with this. Let's finish it out. Let's not get a little – let's not – this can't happen this time. We are absolutely in, the, in a completely produced source material world. We're safe. We're safe. Here's so it's going to be beautiful. Here's the only thing that I this is my dragons. Yeah, I'm for all that. I I just think in general, once I know the end game, it's hard for me to be as invested in a prequel. Since I know where we're going, I don't. It's not. I'm not going to be as invested in it. Part of the beauty of Thrones is have you you read all of it? No, no, no. But I know what happens. Generally speaking, 200 years later, I know what happens. Sure. So it's like. Do I need how invested am I going to be in a story that I already know what's coming after it? In general, I, I'm that way though. I, it's hard for me. Prequel stuff is hard for me when I already know what's going at the end. It just is. Like even like some that happened with like some of the Star Wars stuff. I didn't find that as like well, they just back, weren't as good. Well, that they suck too. But I mean, just I found that even with like Vader, like going back and like but three was way a good my kids one. View the way Vader became... versus the way I do, you know, or did right at the time. Um, I think it's prequel stuff. Yeah, I, think I, th- I mean, my guess is they they've waited a long time on it. It's going to be. Fantastic. I mean, all of the momentum around that series from a few years ago, gone. It's all gone. So if they would have been ready, ideally you have this thing ready to launch like within a year of the series ending. Yeah. And instead they waited a couple years. So they they're going to have to. I think in a way they're going to have to start from scratch. I don't think this will be a huge audience right out of the gates. I don't. I think we're, I mean, I'm in. I'm in too. I'm Everybody in. I've talked to about it that was a Game of Thrones watcher, like I've had a bunch of people already say, we got to watch this, we got to watch this, we got to yeah, watch this. Yeah, I know, I think we, I think, big. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I, I hope it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it, I think the guy who was in the, what's that, the Netflix show, The Crown? He was like the prince, prince, uh, who's the, uh, the, the Elizabeth's husband? In The Crown? Yeah, he's the main guy in this. 
Oh. Yeah. The original husband for Elizabeth in the crown is the main guy in, in this throne. Oh, let me take a look at the cast list. All right. What's his name? All I can say is Prince William, but that what what's his name? I don't remember. I was always I was always focused on Tobias Menzies, who's already been in. He the, was the later. He was the later, yeah. He's the later uh, guy. Oh. It's the, the earlier. Matt Smith, maybe? Is that his name? I feel like it's. I feel like his name could be Matt Smith. A Matt Smith. I feel that's like it. that's it. Give me some photos of these people, would you? He's the. I'm pretty sure he's the main Targaryen guy. Okay. Matt Smith. Yeah. There's a Matt Smith in there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh-huh. That's it. Uh-huh. That's the guy. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, he's the big. He's the heavy. He yeah. played Prince Philip. Give me a Tobias Menzies though. What a guy. He was already in the mix. I know. He's already been in the mix. He's in Rome too. He's so good. Do you know who he is in, in Rome? He's an Outlander. He is the bad in Outlander. Okay. Well, as bad as it gets. Well, I don't know. I may have a trump card for you because he's Brutus in Rome. Oh, A2 Brute. Exactly. Armando Soguero up next as we continue with the 10 most intriguing teams for 2022. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. As we continue with 10 most intriguing teams of 2022, we center on the Miami Dolphins, and we talk about the Dolphins. We head to Miami, and we talk to our great friend of the program, Armando Salguero, NFL reporter at OutKick. And typically, when we when we have a conversation, it seems like the last few times I had a conversation with you, we are in the dead of winter and you're like sipping some sort of cocktail in a pool. Yeah, that's right. So what's what do we what do you got for us today, buddy? Yeah, uh, not not the pool day today, guys. Um, honestly, if I were to look outside at my pool, it's the water's boiling, and so <laughs> it's too hot. you know, I'm staying I'm staying in the AC. I'm doing the smart stuff. <laughs> Armando, we we'll we'll talk. We got a lot we can get to with you, obviously, from an NFL standpoint. But let's let's start with the Dolphins and and the reason that they are on our list of of ten most intriguing teams. It feels like they have everything except, obviously, depending on your belief, in Tua at quarterback. What is your belief in Tua at quarterback, and is it different from the Dolphins organization's belief in Tua at quarterback? Yeah, uh, honestly, another way to put it is they have everything except the thing. Um, and right. the thing is, whether Tua Tungavailoa is elite or not, as of right now, he he hasn't been. He hasn't suggested that he's going to be. Um, now, the Dolphins believe in him. They believe that he can be good enough and maybe even better than that. But, look, uh, the proof is in the pudding. And from what I've seen... Uh, unless Tua comes back from the off season at six foot two or three, he's six foot, and maybe <laughs> two hundred and twenty five pounds, he's two seventeen, and maybe he grew a much stronger arm, he didn't. Then <laughs> honestly, when things get you know heavy and hectic, uh, and the Dolphins are behind, which tends to happen a lot. And he has to step up and be the hero. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a great moment for 
for Tua. So we will see. Uh, it's it's all a matter of uh, can they get a running game together that, that supports him. But again, what are we talking about? Him being not the guy, but one of the guys. And he's playing in a division where Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills is undoubtedly a guy. So that's the problem for the Dolphins right now. No, you're exactly right. And, I mean, we were talking yesterday that if you take, you know, guys who a lot of people would consider to be, let's say, a consensus top 10 quarterback in the league, plop them on this roster, it, it's hard for me to think of the Dolphins being anything other than, if not the Super Bowl favorite, certainly a Super Bowl favorite. And so there is a lot of pressure on him. Now they brought in what they consider to be an offensive genius and a guy who was a wide receiver coach that I got to know in his time with the Browns back in 2014 on Kyle Shanahan's staff, Mike McDaniel. Give us your initial impressions of Mike McDaniel and what he is going to bring to this organization, to this offense, and really just to this football team. Yeah, Mike is an interesting dude. He's different. Yes, he is. He's yeah, quite. Wired different, right? Uh, I mean, the first time that I met him, he spent 10 minutes talking about my glasses. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is not, you know, I've had conversations with Don Shula and Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells, and they never really mentioned my glasses. <laughs> but whatever. And so he, he is a different kind of guy, and that's not necessarily bad. Here's what, from a football context, is interesting to me. He comes from a system and brings with him a system that is going to be primarily a run-first type of system, um, bully the, the defense, get them down, get them on their – on their heels and kind of then throw off that with play action and RPO and so forth. Interesting in that that's what you do when your quarterback's not a star. Uh, interesting in that the NFL is a passing league uh, and they're going to be run first. Uh, so maybe it works. Maybe it pays major dividends, but it is a, not exactly the the offense du jour in the NFL right now. That's not the approach that most teams are taking. You're right, and it's an offense that I think is adaptable to the quality of its quarterback. I mean, it's kind of a variation of what McVay does. They had Goff, and so they were more on the run with Gurley. You get Stafford in, they're able to throw it all over the yard. And you even think about you know when Kyle was in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, he wins the MVP of the league that year in this style. And so my question is, you, you talk about that that is the notion, and that is really the notion because of Tua, quite frankly. And yet, this team drafted Waddle in the first round last year, s traded for Tyreek Hill, signed Cedric Wilson, and they franchised Mike Kosicki. Those are four guys who want the football to come to them via the pass. How are they going to keep those guys happy? That's number one. And number two, is this a situation, and I referenced you know, Goff and Stafford on purpose there, that this feels like the team that is the next ready-made team to say, let's drop a quarterback in here and let's go win his championship. That's 100% correct. And because if Tua doesn't perform in year three under the new head coach with the very much improved roster, uh, there is not going to be a year four where he's starter and we'll see what happens. 
That that's not going to happen. Um, you already know, and I've confirmed through various sources, that the Dolphins this off season and last off season tried to get Tom Brady to come to Miami. And I'm not yep. saying he's going to do that after this season. I'm not saying that, by the way, that Sean Payton, who they also tried to hire, is going to come to Miami after this season. But this is a roster and a team, sans the quarterback position, that is made for playoff and postseason and maybe even championship expectations. And the one or two things that would keep them from that is the star quarterback. And the owner, Stephen Ross, has already had a history of chasing star, a star quarterback to no avail. But that doesn't mean he stops. And yep. so that's, that's the warning that Tua Tonga-Vailoa and to a lesser degree Mike McDaniel have to live with this year. How do you think Mike McDaniel handles all of this? I mean, Tyreek Hill's got a lot to say recently. I don't remember him being quite so talkative. He was in Kansas City. He's had a lot to say this offseason. You have this Brady cloud looming, uh, the Sean Payton stuff, all that stuff. I mean, he, he reads all this. He's a smart guy. He sees it all. Just your, your read on him being able to navigate this. I don't think he's all that concerned about it because, frankly, there's not a whole lot he could do about it. Uh, the only thing that he can answer with is wins and losses. And if he's got enough of the, the former to overcome the latter, then Sean Payton's shadow won't matter. Tom Brady's possibilities won't matter. Uh, and what everybody else thinks or says won't matter. What matters is can Mike McDaniel keep that roster? You mentioned all the guys that want the football. Can he keep them all in line? Uh, if Tua is not exactly the Patrick Mahomes type that Tyreek Hill seems to think he's going to be. He's got a stronger arm. I mean, okay, a stronger, more accurate. I mean, really? Tyreek? Yeah, really. Jeez. Yeah. It's Robo um, QB. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because teams that accomplish and have accomplished and have guys, they don't need to talk up their guys. Yeah. We know. There's no one in Buffalo saying, oh, Josh Allen's really good. You know why? Because <laughs> everybody Cause he knows. Is. he's. It's <laughs> like, no kidding. Uh, Kansas City's not going, hey, no, we've we got to defend our guy Patrick Mahomes. No. Patrick Mahomes has his body of work defends him quite well, thank you very much. And so when you're talking up your guy, there's a reason for that. Yeah, certainly. You you had mentioned the the Brady, and I remember at the combine, like we started to get all this whispers about about Brady there and and Peyton and all of that stuff. How close, Armando? Do you think that puzzle was ever ever got to being put all the way together? I talked to an assistant coach that Sean Payton reached out to, and he was already shopping for uh, living arrangements in South Florida to come with Sean Payton. Wow, what it, it was the roadblock? Just the Bucks, just an unwillingness to move off of Brady. Is that what stopped it? No, the roadblock was the the suit filed by Brian oh, Flores, suit. the former head coach, alleging racial discrimination and oh by the way, uh, integrity of the game issues against 
Stephen Ross. I mean, Brian Flores, that lawsuit alleges that in 2019, Brian Flores' first year as the head coach of the Dolphins, that uh, Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 if he would lose games, $100,000 per loss, so that the Dolphins could then, in the 2020 draft, have the best pick to pick the best quarterback. They didn't. And Joe Burrow went to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins got Tua. What's interesting in that is they got Tua number five. Justin Herbert went number six. Yes. They'd be Super Bowl they'd like that back? Yeah. Yeah. I think every, everybody who picked would rather <laughs> yeah, take Justin Herbert. Away, yeah. yeah. He looks pretty good there. It's amazing, uh, like how how course. close that all how that was all there. Of it's course, really remarkable. It's a, a an incredible what if, and certainly for for this team here. <laughs> uh, just wanted to kind of transition off the Dolphins a little bit. I think we all know the stakes. It's a great roster. We'll see what happens with Tua there, and you've got some of our guys that we like there: Raheem Mostert, Emmanuel Agba, uh, Sheldrick Redwine. As I'm looking, uh, five star Porter Augustine, some former Browns. So that'll be fun with those guys. But just wanted to ask you about Jacoby Brissett, who did spend some time with the Dolphins last year and has already made a very good impression here obviously a very well liked and respected guy uh if in the event and we all know it's out there the the looming punishment for Deshaun Watson you know if Jacoby's got to come in and play a couple of games what are the Browns getting and and with a strong roster around him can can he get the job done they're getting a great leader a guy who's going to do the work he's a professional and a consummate professional he knows what the position entails He knows what the assignment is going to be, and he knows, uh, you know, his his flaws and his strengths. And I think he's going to try the best that he can to play to those. Last year, not so great with the Dolphins. I think he completed like 62% of the passes that he uh, attempted with, you know, five touchdowns, four interceptions. But it wasn't a great situation either in that the team started out, I think, 0-7 or 0-8. And And so, and yes, he was part of that. Um, but uh, it, under different circumstances with a better roster around him, I think as a backup, he's, he's fine. He's just probably, you know, top, top third percentile of backups in the NFL right now. Now, if he has to be your starter the entire season, if that suspension looms, that is looming, goes the entire year, um, I'm not loving that prospect. Sure. Yeah. Do you think, uh, Armando, do you think, and I have no idea if it's even feasible, but as, as we were discussing all of this with two in this ready-made roster with Miami, would they, be, would they kick the tires on Garoppolo at all if, if this didn't feel right the first month of camp? Or are they, do you think that's something that wouldn't happen this year? I mean, McDaniel knows him. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah a lot of connections. Sure. Right. the The problem there is number one, uh, Jimmy is you know not going to be really ready to to and compete really until mid to late August. And yes, he would know the system in Miami. But how much better? Again, the Dolphins need an elite quarterback. Sure, they are. I can't stress this enough. They are in a division with a top three quarterback. And you don't fight that fire with the garden hose of Jimmy Garoppolo, who 
solid, okay, but is he elite? There's a reason that the San Francisco 49ers paid a premium to go and get Trey Lance is because they saw uh, upside in Trey Lance that they did not see in Jimmy Garoppolo after years of knowing Jimmy Garoppolo and him helping them get to a Super Bowl. So they saw his shortcomings, and they're more than eager to trade him away if they can well, I'll just I'll get you out of here on this, because, and just because I know he's listening. What would our our mutual friend and in the prime of his career, Bernie Kosar, do in this system with this type of this type of weaponry? Jimmy, uh, you know, look, guys, Bernie Kosar was a stud at the University of Miami. <laughs> he was a stud for the Cleveland Browns. Fine, he human. would be a stud in the NFL today. Uh, weird, funky delivery, uh, motion, not mobile smart as anything and an awesome awesome person and leader just the best and and probably the coolest press conference of a college football player has ever had what he showed up to that press conference in miami to say he was going in the supplemental draft that was probably as cool as you i've ever seen anyone dress for a press conference armando with that cutoff shirt yes yes and the short aviators short shorts yep nailed it legend legend 1980s miami that's what that was all about that's, That's right, right, my friend. Great talking to you, buddy. All right, guys. My pleasure. The great Armando Salguero joining us there on the hotline. That's great. Awesome. That is great. I love the fact that it's, we're within 12 seconds of starting the interview. Bernie's texting all of all us. All of us, yep. In a, in in a, a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. great. That's very, very great. Uh, look, they, so the big takeaways. Well, we'll get to the big takeaways because there's one other thing that I'm curious about. I want to get, you, get your opinion on this. We'll okay. get into that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Rounds Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, a couple of things I want to ask you about the after the uh, the conversation with the great Armando Soguero. Okay, number one, did you did you realize it was that close? Well, there was a lot of talk about with Brady, but there was, I'll tell you what, in Sanford. the Bay area, they would be saying that it was San Francisco. We, there was a lot. I thought at the combine, it, it was, was like more San say, Francisco. It was is what it felt like at the combine. So this could have been an under the radar thing. And, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The Sean Payton thing also doesn't surprise me that what the thing that I thought was the strangest is that Mike McDaniel would somehow be on like a one year trial after what happened with Flores. It just doesn't feel like that's real to me. No, it feels to me like the, page has kind of been turned off of that and now we're going in another direction because it didn't work out and they've been Stephen Ross has been ultra active in this pursuit they were at the they were at the 11th hour with Deshaun in the season last year with Watson and the Texans so they were all in on that um they were in on the they were in on trying to pursue the Brady thing um and so that that was interesting though that of how far along the line that went with with Peyton going to Miami uh with Brady the other thing that I was curious about is it was my understanding that the Bucks wouldn't release Brady, that they weren't going to let him up because he's still under contract. Like they right. would have to give him up right. to go play somewhere else, right. and that they weren't crazy about doing that. And then remember, all of a sudden Brady was in Manchester United meeting Cristiano Ronaldo with his kid, 
and you thought, well, okay, fences have been mended. Yeah. That's how you do that. Um, so the next thing I want to ask you is, okay, so they, they're an elite quarterback away. Who? Is it Brady at 46? Just, what's crazy to me is I think that they would have been way better off and Russell Wilson would have been better off had he gone to Miami than gone to Denver. I agree. I think the division is far easier, and I think the roster's better. Yeah, and it's Miami. Yeah, weather's better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm yeah. surprised that they were I'd rather active, live in Denver, but I – But they don't have the assets to do that now because they use all their assets to go get Tyreek Hill. Right, yeah. So they, they're basically – they need like a true free agent quarterback – yeah, which doesn't which exist. doesn't exist. You're never going to get one of those. Well, and the funny thing is, they said unless you know, Rogers and 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 you know we were going to get into if we had Armando the whole time we would talk about because it was a great segue uh, off of a point you made the other day is that yeah I know Jimmy G's banged up but the fact of the matter is in the last two seasons in which he was healthy he's played in an NFC Championship game and in a Super Bowl. I I don't understand the slander of him and the act that because yeah. he's he's not one of those top ten guys but, but he's there's also something not about the him. other thing either he's not he's not. He's not, you know, we he talk be about in his own Go category. We talk a lot about the Goff, Wentz. We talk about that with Baker, Baker, like all of those guys that are kind of like good enough that you're not going to go three and fourteen, but not, sure. you know, too good to go three and fourteen, but not good enough to go thirteen and four. Right. Garoppolo is good enough to go thirteen and four. Yeah, he's done it. Like they've, you know, like he's, he's done actually done it. Like that's the difference, right? And that's right. the something. Like I don't, I, I don't love, I don't love when he gets lumped in with those other guys because he's not that he's more accomplished than that. His issue has been health. Like I'm not out here claiming he's Mahomes or Allen or anything. He's, he's not, not that I'm not claiming that, but he's also better than a lot of what he's being compared to. He is. And he is able to play a very effective and efficient brand of football. And he has also shown the ability to make big throws in big moments. That's the thing about it. So Garoppolo, the last couple of years, 70% completions, basically 69% completions, 47 touchdowns, 25 picks. So he's not going to, like, light it up in terms of, you know, throwing for – but he throws for 250 yards a game. He's a very solid quarterback. Quarterback rating, 102, 98.7 in his last two full seasons. He's a very solid player. He is better than that other group. I think he's on the Matt Ryan level, but maybe because he's younger, maybe a little bit better than Matt Ryan at this point, but certainly in that same world. His shoulders what's prevented him from finding something. Clearly, the Brown, uh, the Niners thought that they could upgrade on him, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy who absolutely can play winning football. He's done it. I mean, in his last, he's nineteen and nine in his last two healthy seasons, and he has a thirteen and three to your point. Well, that's why I asked him about it because, like, to me, there's an enormous difference between Tua and Garoppolo. Huge, I agree, and and I, I think, think those with, are wildly different with positions. Right, with Garoppolo, anything can happen. Is he gonna? Things could still go well, and he could beat as he has beaten. I mean, they beat the Rams to get into the playoffs last year in a game that the in a shootout. He beat the Bengals in Cincinnati in a shootout where he had to drive the length of the field and produce yeah. a touchdown in the cold, and he did it. So he absolutely is capable, um, and I think he'd be a great fit, honestly, on that team with their skill set. Is he going to throw the bombs to Tyreek Hill? No, but he's very accurate, and he provides. He throws a good enough. He throws such a good ball and accurate ball that it provides for a lot of yak. I mean, the Niners. All those guys were leading the league in yak. And all of a sudden, yeah. you think about Waddle's good in that situation. Hill's good in that situation. Tyreek, uh, Cedric Wilson's going to be good in that situation. It, it feels like it would have made sense for them. I thought it was a good question. But as we said, the league is, do you have the guy? Do you have a young guy that you think can be the guy? And then there's maybe a couple that would be cousins, 
Ryan, Garoppolo, Tannehill, like, okay, everything goes right. We probably can make that run. And then every, there's the guys that are and definitely top 32, is, but we're not interested. We're not, we don't want you. Yeah. yeah. You knew Mike a little bit when he was here. Um, hey, we talked about, like, Lions. He was very a unique guy. <laughs> very smart. Like actual Lions? Uh, yeah. But other world. Like just fascinated by them? or Just fascinated by any. Yeah. I remember that, uh, I, I'm trying to, if it was, like, Gordon or – I remember which receiver. Maybe even it was Hawk. Even was talking about how he would sometimes like some of their pre their film sessions. He'd end up like talking about you know nature and all lions and just that he was like a genius. He was just on another he level. Truly, uh, yeah. From an academic standpoint, is what how the question I asked Armando because you know him actually probably better than Armando does. This feels like it's on the borderline of a circus. Like it could get that way. He's with, not with a Tyreek circus Hill and, guy. And the Tua stuff, like in the. Peyton looming over and next quarterback. That I didn't like. I didn't like that for Mike McDaniel, number one. I didn't like the, the notion that Peyton is kind of waiting in the wings if he has a bad season. I don't think he's going to. I think he's a very smart coach. And, and look, it's not like Brian Flores had a bad season the first no. year when they were not trying to win, and they ended up winning some games. And it's, Which, by the way, they could have just drafted Herbert, and then we're not even then we're not even talking. Issue. Then they're, they're probably the favorites. They're, they're honestly like – and it's the reason you, you think about them is they're they're kind of like – kind of where what happens in the NFL next they're they're one of those teams that kind of determines if the AFC is going to be even more of a snake pit in the next five to six years three to five years or if they are just going to have this window where they have everything but and it's going to close like they're in it now like they really need the guy now they can't wait but I don't know how the heck they're going to acquire it they don't have assets no you're right and one of the things we have here and it's funny to me that they've got you know they're not even in the top 22 over the next three years, but you plop up Aaron Rodgers. Let's say Aaron Rodgers says, you know what? Because he can get in out Bay. of the Green Bay deal I after so. this year, right? Is yeah, that I right? Think so. I think that that's right, that he had a player option. It was a two-year deal, so last year, this year, and then I felt like he had an opt-out to where he could get out with no penalty. But I can't remember if it's after this year or after next. Either way, if he's you plop him in, guy, you plop he's him the perfect in, yeah. right. You put him in there, and they're they're Super Bowl. Totally go in the Super Bowl. That's the way it is. Uh, you alluded to this. We'll get you the answer on that on that Rogers quarterback uh, on the or contract rather side of this quick timeout. You mentioned uh, the future rankings, NFL future power rankings. We will get into that coming up next. Let you know where we are. Who's at the top of the list? Shouldn't be much of a surprise at the top. Uh, we'll let you know where we figured out on this one as well. That's coming up next. Let's to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, we're beautifying and protecting your home. It's their passion. You can upgrade the look of your home, create a high return on investment with new siding from Renew Home Exteriors, ranging in every architectural style in over 50 colors. We serve $1,500 off and a free insulation wrap, plus 0% interest for qualified buyers. In addition, Renew Home Exteriors will meet or beat competitors' estimates by up to 10% and pay you 100 bucks. Beautify your home with premium siding, roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit Renew estimate.com for more all right this is nfl futures i love this we did this yesterday with the nfc 
We buy in Stockton. Remember this? Yeah, love it. All right, so here we go. So the idea here is this is from ESPN. This, these are our guys. These are our, our, our smart people. So it's Jeremy Fowler, Lewis Riddick, Seth Walder, and Field Yates. And they're projecting over the next, uh, is it three to five years, these teams? Next three seasons. Next three seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they rank them in five categories. Overall roster, quarterback, coaching, draft, front office so that's the criteria for this thing so for example just to give you an idea of of kind of the 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 way that this was going to break down so the number one futures ranking was the buffalo bills so they had the number one overall roster minus the quarterback they had the number two quarterback situation in the league with josh allen they had the number seven coaching situation the number six draft situation and the number one front front office situation this is according to these guys um, what does draft think. situation mean? Not sure how they're doing that. Draft score. It must be just how they draft. Or like the, pick, or the picks that they have going forward. That could be too. Like, are we, be we're to low that. on that, and I think we've drafted well, but our draft score is 23rd, and I'm guessing is that because we don't have first-round picks in the next two drafts? I don't know. It must be. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, Kansas City is two on this list. Uh, Green Bay is tied for third with and the Kansas Rams. Kansas City's one in draft because they picked up all those picks. All from those picks from Tyreek. Tyreek. Yeah. By the way, I'd rather have that. Like all the, them picking all those all the receiver talent that's going to come in the league. Man. And getting them on rookie deals. Of course. The next few years. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers are fifth on that list. The Bengals are sixth on the list. So we come in at ten. The Ravens, incidentally, are seven. So again, a lot of AFC here. So we come in seven on this list. Our overall roster rank. Minus the quarterback was seventh in the NFL. Fair. Okay. I could, yeah. Quarterback was 10. So they're, okay. Coaching was 14th. Draft 23. So you have to be right. That's got to be it because we don't have those we first, don't have first round it picks. It is. That's for the next three years. Yep. So it's because you don't have first round picks. Yeah. And then the front office is 12. I like our front office. Yeah. And Feels our coaching like, staff. But I think that's, you know, if this was done last year, I bet our coaching was higher because we were, you know, coming off of being the coach of the year. I don't understand how the front office isn't higher than 12th. There aren't a whole lot of teams who have drafted or signed better than us in the last since AB's been here. I agree. And really, the previous regime into AB, we've had pretty good front offices. They've yeah. been very different. Doris was great. Very different, but very, but very Doris and Zoe and Yeah, they drafted well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the guys that are here, you know, some of the guys that are here drafted by them and did a nice job. Um, so I'm a little surprised the front office is so low. Uh, I think the only reason the quarterback is what it is is just this is kind of what I was talking about yesterday, how they had us 15th or whatever in some power ranking because nobody knows what to do with Watson. And that's just the this, so in that sense. Like, there's in no world is he the 10th best quarterback in the league in his no, prime. But I think they're factoring that it's not 100% of him, I'm guessing. Yeah, again, that's, that's kind of the thing that all of these little rankings have to do uh, going forward. Um, so here's one that I thought was right, interesting because we were just we were talking about it and we just hit it on the Dolphins, right? And so the Dolphins are 22nd roster overall. They think 15th. I think that's a little low. Quarterback 21st, fine. Coaching we don't know yet. New coach, I get that. New, I'm guessing front office with that as well. And then the draft 31 because they don't have the draft capital. <laughs> but I think they're a team though in the next three years could be pretty good. I agree. I agree with you on that. I, I think that's low. I also think like. So they got the Bucks seven at quarterback. I mean, you really – it feels like they're only get promised Brady for next year. Yeah. And he is 45. Like, at some point he has to show his age. How about Arizona? They have 23rd. That's what I was just going to say. 
and they crush them. Well, they haven't they haven't gotten it done. I mean, that's the bottom line. Cliff underachieving. They rank him 29th. No, it's yeah, about are right. 31st. The Panthers are 31st. Saints, they're pretty high on the Saints at 16. I mean, I'm just being like in, in considering like where they're Cowboys 20. 20. Yeah. That doesn't bode well. <clears throat> I'm surprised the Steelers are at 14, honestly. Yeah, I don't like their situation that much. I think you're basing a lot on just what's on the side of the helmet. Going back to the Saints, I feel like the Saints are a year-to-year team right now. Like, their defense is okay, but, like, what is the future of that team? Their defense is good, right. Well, it all depends on what – if Jameis picks up where he left off last year, they've got a reinvigorated receiving core now with Olave and Mike Thomas back. I think the Saints could be pretty good. I'll tell you what. Like, I think I think one of the most intriguing teams in – and I think you and I said it at the same time – is Jacksonville. They got Jacksonville 26 on this list. If Doug Peterson can be competent at all, and there's no reason to believe he can't, Agreed. he won a Super Bowl. Yep. They're they're going to they're going to draft in a decent spot. They don't they don't have any draft capital problems. Their front office is brutal. Like that can be acknowledged. But their quarterback future is should be about should as be good as up. can be. And the rest of their roster is not terrible. They like, have them at 15, which given is they they're yeah. expecting an ascension. But it's their front office. I think they have 31st. So 32nd. 32nd. So Dead last. The worst. Dead last in that. But they're one of the more intriguing teams yeah. for me in the whole league because I feel like that's that's a winnable spot. They have the Falcons 32. I'll tell you, that's a situation that could flip so quickly. Oh, yeah. If they get Stroud. That's why I said I wouldn't mind throwing a few uh, throw shekels, some shekels on that. Stroud, maybe Calvin Ridley back. I think I think the Bears are worse off than they have them. They have them at thirty. I think the yeah. Bears are one of the two worst situations in the league. Yeah. Carolina thirty-one is interesting to me too. A little low on the Lions, maybe they have them at twenty-eight. I'm more bullish on them than they are. I have no juice with the Giants. I see they no have the scenario. Vikings way high too. Vikings, I think we're like nineteenth. Raiders eighteenth, and then yeah, Vikings nineteenth. <clears throat> All right, here's what they have to say about us. So this is again this so this goes to that exact the first line it's about the Watson stuff. Correct. Yep. And so that's that's the reason that they're tenth, that's the reason we're tenth, that's the reason the quarterback situation is tenth. Beyond that, the Browns do possess one of the league's best rosters on paper with a nice blend of homegrown stars and those ex- acquired externally, Wyatt Teller, Amari Cooper, etc. This team is set up to be excellent. That's Field Yates. He said the biggest worry last year he was worried about the long-term valuation of Baker Mayfield, but his performance in 2021 led the Browns to go in a different direction and acquire Watson, but who knows when we'll see Watson Great job on the right field. There. Yeah. On the acquire. Good job. You like that? Yeah. Um, Jacoby Brissett could be leading this offense in the short term. What could change for the better? The Browns can prioritize the passing game. That's the whole point. With more help yeah. on the outside with a new quarterback in 2022, they will need reinforcements at wide receiver behind Cooper. Cleveland knows for its run game prowess, attempting 520 passes last year, the sixth lowest total in the NFL. All the teams in this range either don't have a top quarterback or had injuries at the position last year. Tweaking the formula over the next few years will serve Cleveland well. Uh, running back Nick Chubb has recorded at least .9 yard, nine rush yards over expectation per carry in every season of his career per next-gen stats. In other words, the Browns have one of the most reliable runners in the league in Nick Chubb. That is what we know. The only reason you're 10 is because of the uncertainty with Watson. That's it. That's it. 
That's yeah. it. And, and we all just want hopefully, certainty. <laughs> we want certainty. Hopefully we'll get it soon. Hopefully, hopefully we get an answer on that. Tied with the Niners. Yeah. On this list. Which is a good team. Team we, we both like. Hmm. It's interesting, some of the, the way that other people view some of these teams on this thing. There are so many teams in the AFC. It's so heavy. So heavy. Loaded. And not going to change anytime soon. Mm-mm. And if one of those older NFC quarterbacks are the ones who decide, hey, yeah, I'd like to go down to Miami, it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, there is there anybody out there on the receiver market that we could that could come in here? There are that a you lot could of add in like Will Fuller still out there. Will is Fuller, there anybody Deshaun you would Jackson, want Deshaun Jackson to T. come T. in, or do you think we'll obviously we'll go into camp with what we have? But is yeah. that something T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun as Jackson. it goes along, Will Fuller that'd be it, I'd think. Yeah, could be. All right, very good. Still, so much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland uh, Browns Daily on 850. Tons. Well, truly, yes. Literally, this lots, one. lots. Yeah, you're listening to 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury. Call the injury lawyers at 100 Elk, Ohio for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, what do you have here from our good buddy, Pat Kerwin? All right, this is from uh, Jared Luganville brought this to ah. our attention. Uh, thank you, Jared. It's Sirius XM NFL Radio. Moving the chains is breaking down every position group from the starters to the backups to the developmental players for every team in the league. Check out Jim and Pat's top five quarterback rooms. Okay, so this is the whole deal. Do you want me to go five to one? Yeah. Okay. Coming in at number five for Pat Kerwin, the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Rodgers and Love. Coming in at number five for Jim Miller. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> okay. I think at this point, then now I'm out. I mean, you're done. You've <laughs> lost me. How in There's the world? There's not a scenario where they're in the top 25. In quarterback room. Mitch Trubisky. If you've been talking to Cody. Kenny Benjamin. Pickett and Mason Rudolph is the fifth best, best quarterback, quarterback room, room. In, the, in the league. Did he play there? He must no, have. he played for, for the Bears. I know he played for the Bears, but did he play there too at some point? He's like no. a backup. All right. Hold on. We'll, we'll go From on. Pittsburgh? Good God. Pat Kerwin, number four, the Bucks. Okay. Jim Miller, number four, the Chiefs. Okay. Pat Kerwin, number three, the Chiefs. Okay. Jim Miller, number three, the Bucks. Okay. Unanimous, number two. I'll give you three guesses. Bills. No. Chargers. No. Bengals? Bengals. No. Number two, unanimous. The Indianapolis Colts tandem of Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. Number one, the Bills. So the Super Bowl champion and the Rams, not listed. Joe Burrow, not listed. Justin Herbert. Herbert not listed, but the Steelers are, and the Colts are consensus number two quarterback. So the Bills are the consensus number one? The Bills are consensus number one. By the way. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Here's the best part about it. So these are based on total quarterback rooms, right? 
That's such a the stupidest thing ever. Like, if it's not weighted for starter versus backup, then it, you're, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, but, so Josh Allen, and then we loved our guy Case Keenum. He was here, and they have Matt Barkley. Like, Case Keenum and Matt Barkley So they're giving pushing... they're giving Barkley and Keenum the same amount. You're giving the second and third string quarterbacks in every room the same amount of weight as the starter? Apparently not, though, because under no there is not a system that you could. That's create how Pittsburgh in the world could get to five. If how you, if you are living in some dream world that Mason where, Rudolph where Mason Rudolph is the best third string quarterback in the NFL? That's the only scenario. Okay, but you still have the worst Agreed. starter the worst and the starter. worst second. Well, and your backup could be if it's Trubisky, you could say, well, Trubisky's okay. Jim Miller, by the way, sixth round pick, ninety four. The Pukers. I knew it. 94 it. through 96. You don't do that unless there's a tie. You don't do that unless there's it's some tie to the area. It had to be. There's no other way that Jim Miller would do. You don't do that. This is stupid. You don't do that. By the way, if you're going to do quarterback rooms, and like 80% of the room is the starter, and 20% of the other two positions combined, that's the way you do a quarterback room. I just don't Quarterbacks don't even get hurt anymore. I don't even understand. But I, help me understand the Colts. I can't. Well, I just told you how it, the only way it makes sense is how I'm saying it. That every the first, second, and third string quarterbacks are 33% each of 100%. And so what they're saying is Matt Ryan is middle is a 15 per, middle road starter. Foles is the best backup, and then whoever their third string guy is is probably Eason. Might be Sam, Jacob Eason. Sam Erlinger. Sam Ellinger from Texas. Okay, so yeah. Ellinger. So then they think that he has some sort of future. That's it. I That's how they're doing it. But it's, it's the stupidest nuts. way to ever do it. There's not anybody in the league that would trade <clears throat> the Packers, the Chiefs, the I mean the idea that the Chargers and Burrow aren't on this yeah. is laughable, man. Laughable. We should be on it. Well, of course. Yeah, they've got you're Herbert doing quarterback duos. They've got Herbert and Chase Daniel who's been you in the league to, for a thousand years. You've got to do it weighted. And a guy named Easton Stick. I didn't. <laughs> That's a great there we name. go. Yeah, fifth round pick in nineteen. He's going to be on Yellowstone this fall. I'm going to tell you right now, Easton Stick. There, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of blue collar jobs growing up. He's a ranch. Easton Stick. I mean, that's just a stunning list. I, I have to. I feel like I've got to click on this and and see what the. Maybe they just didn't even allow mentions. Where was, was so Easton? Wild. Where did he play? No clue. And I know that stuff. I don't have any idea who that is. See, the receiver rooms make some sense to me. The receiver rooms, they've got the Vikings, Bengals, Dolphins, Raiders, and Buccaneers. They have the same five on both sides. That all makes sense to me. Justin Jefferson and Thielen, Chase Higgins and Boyd, Waddle, Wilson, and Tyree Kill, Evans and Godwin, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. North Dakota State. Okay, so just to give you an idea of how big the West is, so if I were to drive from where I grew up, to I believe that's in Fargo. I believe I they play in Fargo, North Dakota State. Yeah, the Fargo. That that's probably you're looking at. My guess is you're looking at at least a 12-hour drive. I'm saying you're looking at at least a 12-hour drive from where I grow up. To longer to on the Fargo. cattle drives. Yeah. Let me just see. So like I always think it's funny, and I'm not doing this to pick on you, Gibe. When people, go, oh yeah, you're from. I mean, you you got to be. You're close to Jackson. That's close to you, Jackson Hole. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, from uh, where I grew up to Fargo, North Dakota, can I interest you in 792? <laughs> hmm. 11 I, hours I would have and 49 taken the under minutes. And I would have been wrong. Guess 11 the stats would have been hours, epic. 49 minutes. They go, oh, yeah, I saw so-and-so is going to Jackson Hole. Do you want to, you know, that's, that's near where you grew up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. In nine hours on the East Coast, I feel like you could get through six states. In, in 
This is eleven and a half to go from there to Fargo. You could drive to. Can you drive to Miami from? No, at least past no. Atlanta. You could drive from here to Tampa in eleven hours, couldn't you? I don't think so. It's got to be close. I... Jackson Hole is four hundred miles from where I grew up. Hey guys, you do... could drive to Massachusetts. You could drive to Cape Cod. What? What? No. What do you all? You don't think okay. I can get eleven I want, hours I want, to Tampa? I want you both really quickly. A little further. Do we have? A, just really quickly look at what I just retweeted. Okay. I don't follow you on social, so why don't you just read it to me? Why don't you just all tell me? All the worrywarts who laughed off the all the people who laughed off the worrywarts years ago freaking about about those funny dancing robotic dogs should be forced to watch this video once a day for the remainder of the year. It is a robotic oh. dog patrolling a border with a gun mounted to its head that it can shoot. That's not right. And I am terrified. I'm That's not real. Right now. That's not real. Where's this at? Who's monitoring this? Whose dogs? Who paid for them? What border? It's not. I don't think it's actually. I think it's simulated border would be my guess. But are you watching this? I'm watching right, it. You pulled it up. Oh my god! Yeah. This thing just. Could you imagine up. like that a thousand like M16? Why couldn't there be a million of those things? Then what are we gonna do? Well, to be fair, we're not really great with these things either. I don't know, just but the way fair. that thing moves is creepy. Everything about that is creepy. Oh I am, my god! I am that's terrifying. Horrified. Forget birds, dude. This is a better fear. Yeah, I still think the bird thing. This is thing, a you fact. have a hundred of these things. Those birds are just a bunch of feathers falling to the ground, brother. Next level's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily 850. Maybe. Cleveland. <laughs>